Femininity is powerful in all its forms. Exceptional women, rare girls must be appreciated in every way for their perspectives, actions, thoughts, and their unique ways of being. Such rare girls are inspiring, and this is what this podcast is all about. Hello, my name is Aziz, and my guest today is Stasia Bartko. Stasia is an international law student at the Institute of International Relations, Taras Shevchenko National University of Kyiv. She is an extremely active and multifaceted girl with seven years of experience in dancing and three years of athletic activity. She is a huge football fan and she is fascinated with music in all its genres, from jazz to pop, blues to rock, and all others. Stasia, how are you today? Yeah, I'm so great to hear you, and I'm so honored to participate in this podcast. I'm fine, and you? I'm feeling positive, optimistic, and honored to have you on my podcast today because you're a very special girl. And therefore, since this podcast is about rare girls, about women, let's explore what is it for you to be a woman? What is femininity as an energy compared to masculinity? Is it a behavior, an energy, an attitude? Is it a look? What defines for you femininity and do you consider yourself more feminine or masculine or neutral? I think actually that femininity is more about how you feel about yourself, about the confidence, about the mm, thoughts that you produced by yourself and of yourself. I think that femininity is could be all about that the woman or a woman, a girl uh, w- would want to. I think uh, it's more it's more special for every person and every person could define it by himself or herself. Thank you. I like that. I believe in that. And I want to explore even more about you. What things give you that energy and feeling about yourself of femininity how do you increase it yeah actually the first i uh, think is obviously the sport because i love doing sport i have been doing sport for my whole life since i was i don't remember two maybe and i think uh, the sport give you gives you the energy to feel yourself more confident and also i know my strong uh, sides of my personality and i like to explore the world i like to use uh, to know something new or to explore something and I think uh, it fulfills me uh, like a person and I think it's it makes me more confident uh, of myself and uh, gives me a lot of energy and gives me a lot of new experience. I have so many questions but I'll begin with this. You said you know your strong sides the things about you that are special, unique, and that allow you to do sports or explore the world, what are they? 
Can you describe them and share? Yeah, uh, basically, I'm the person who loves to achieve goals. So uh, whether it's something uh, in study, for example, if I want to learn, I don't know, from chemistry to mathematics or to literature, I will do it because uh, I I like to achieve goals. I'm so ambitious person and I really appreciate this side of myself because I could not know uh, like something, but I know that I would know it if I want to. I would learn it in any way possible to um, to achieve this goal if I want to. And I think it it is my the the strongest side of myself. I really really like that, and I'm curious about you. What really interests you in other people? then is it that they share your values are ambitious similar to you is it their behavior that they're confident and sure of themselves is it an energy that you like passionate people who have that sparkling eyes that are shiny do you love their soul i don't know men and women what is the thing that to you makes you think and feel wow this is my person yeah, actually, I, uh, as you said, I love sparkle in the eyes, in the hearts of the people. I love, love the people who are confident about, uh, themselves, who love, love them, what they are doing right now or, uh, do at a, as well. And I think that these kind of people, uh, these, people who just um, appreciate their lives, who just live their best life and doing the greatest thing. I think such people uh, couldn't couldn't um, make your um, think that they are not worrisome, that they are not um, cool. They also, they always cool. And I think these kind of people who just love their lives, who just... Um, find the ways um, to do something, some some new things maybe, to explore the world and to maybe to participate in all kinds of things, to find themselves the always school. And I think it's my kind of people because, uh, for example, in my institute, there are a lot that actually, I, uh, I don't know if I want, if I, just able to say that but i think that in my institute they're the best of the best uh, because uh, such uh, students such uh, young uh, women and men who are just passionate about the life they want to learn a lot they want to study they want to explore everything they want to participate in every event in every new form of um activity they're so passionate about the life and i think it's the coolest thing and this kind of people uh, could make me feel that um these people are mine people i really really love your answer and so i have to ask why international law uh it's kind of uh <laughs> it's funny story actually uh because uh, for the first time when i i was really uh good at all um school uh studies uh, in physics and biology in chemistry in mathematics and literature so uh, at the end of the 11th grade as the final grade in ukraine i uh, didn't actually know uh 
who I want to or what I want to become and uh when I enroll uh, myself, when I enrolled the, to the university, uh, I choose the wrong specialty uh, for in Ukraine, in Ukrainian educational system. If you want to enroll in university, you, uh, you have to write the number of your specialty. Uh, you have to write the number of your faculty. And uh, I, um, I was mistaken. And I, instead of 293, I wrote 292. And I just like, Oh, okay, it's no problem. So I want to go. I wanted to go. Uh, I have had been always dreaming to go to the international relations because I love Ukraine. I wanted to represent Ukraine in all possible way into international area in all international non governmental governmental organizations. I want to make my uh, count country um, more respectful and. Um, this was really my passion to have participated in uh, international relations, to represent my country uh, in all international bodies uh, possible uh, and to create the image of my country, the prestige of my country. And then I decided that international law is more... Um, gives more opportunities to do that because you could only uh, you you could be uh, also a um, lawyer international lawyer and participate in all of this international uh, governmental organization or regional governmental organization as a lawyer and to promote uh, your country's interests uh, as a lawyer and also you could be a diplomat uh, it also possible after graduating uh, from international law faculty and um, I saw that it mistakes that I made uh, that I was mistaken while choosing the speciality to enroll myself into university uh, it was a great a mistake and it was like the best mistake I've ever made in my life because I met so many great people and I really love uh, the faculty that I uh, study right now and also uh, it was the perfect match because my father is a diplomat and my mother is a lawyer so it is uh, the mix of my father and my mother and I've become an international lawyer so yeah I really love the energy and the passion and the thought and your pride uh, to represent Ukraine in all international organizations and events and therefore again I have to explore your mind even more. Why is ambition important for you? What does it mean? And if you cannot progress towards your goal, how do you feel? What happens? So actually, I think that ambitions is are really important because you live only one life. You cannot possibly live another life. So it is the only life you live. So... Um, you should achieve everything that you want to achieve. You must work hard if you want to work hard. If you want to achieve your goals, you must do everything because you will never have um, another chance to do that because you live your own life. And um, I think that these ambitions are um, really important. And if I... Um, don't achieve my goals uh so uh for the first few minutes i could um be 
a little upset or not a little upset. I could really be upset, but uh, for the next time, I will um, do a plan how to um, achieve these uh, goals, how to how to work more. Um, more progressive how to be more perfect in my work so i could achieve this and uh i will do i will achieve these goals if um i realize my my mistakes and i will uh, correct it i love that it's uh the constant improvement attitude which is very wonderful and i'm sure like you said in the institute it's full of like-minded people and students who are ambitious and similar to you well i will ask then you believe we only have one life so we should progress towards our goals and i agree but how do you take care of your mental health you avoid burnout you enjoy that one life how do you organize your time or is it almost 100 percent progress, working, studying, going forward, because it's so hard, there isn't time to enjoy living. Yeah, I know that uh, there are some people who, who, if I, if I can say that, who just rest while working. So uh, the work for them is the rest. I'm, in some extent, I'm such a person. uh, But I think, uh, on the contrary, that the full-time working the full-time progressing might be so exhausted uh, exhausting and i think that if you just work all the time you will be so tired uh you will not be able to enjoy the life because of that um because of your being tired and i think that uh, every person should have a rest every person should have a possibility to just do nothing just i don't know like read the book i don't know i uh, just do sports uh watch the television uh everything and um i think it is vital thing because a person could never just work full time it really exhausting i really find it fascinating that at such a young age you have such a wise mind and perspective about life and i'm sure your father also who you said is a diplomat had a lot to do with it well the current situation in Ukraine is there is war, invasion, it's horrible. How did it impact you as a person? How was that shock? Did it change you as a personality? And what are your thoughts about everything? Oh, it's a complicated issue because I had not expected that until the 21st of February when it all started and it was really shock uh, because I've just sleeping in my house uh, before my um, classes because I have classes in my 8 a.m. so in 5 a.m. I was waking up by my brother who said oh Nastya, I guess the war begins. And it was really terrible. And a few moments later, I heard this um, explosion. 
there are a lot of explosions. I was really panic uh, in panic. I I just didn't know what to do. And for the very first days, when nobody helped Ukraine, like literally no country helped Ukraine for the very first two days, and I was just outraged. I was really outraged about everything. I was feeling pain uh, because it was really unjust because the people here were dying and were dying for nothing and were, they were just sleeping in their house and then heard this explosion. It is really terrible. I can never describe this feeling because I think that in the whole world there is no a word that could be used to describe that. Um, this impacted me so much because for the very first day, uh, from the very first day, I had been crying, I had been outraged, I had been hating all these, maybe even people, uh, Russians for obviously, and I hated that this injustice that was to Ukraine, but uh, for the very for the few days later, um, there were some military aid to Ukraine, there were some uh, world's attention to Ukraine, the, the situation were improved, and um, uh, Ukrainian military forces just uh, won and won and won again. And I was happy, but... Um, Simultaneously, I was really sorry and I were crying for these people who were just blocked in their cities, who were just killed for nothing, for being Ukrainians. It's so terrible. And um, now I'm... And also it was really, really and really scary to hear all these sirens uh, all these air alerts and to to realize that in every single moment you could just be killed it's so um it's so terrible it really couldn't be described and after that now uh i'm in um comparatively safe uh Place because I'm in Kiev Oblast, but uh, it is in the south of the Kiev Oblast. It's not from the Belarus um, side, and it's not from the Bucha side, in the opposite side. So there is a sirens uh, sometimes, but uh, it's horrible. It's terrible to uh, say that, but I'm getting accused to this. I'm getting accused to the sirens. I'm getting accused to these horrors that are happening in Ukraine right now, and. Um, I'm really, I really could not possibly just read all this news about the death of civilians, about the, all this situation, inhuman situation, inhuman behavior from the subjugators, our subjugators side, and I think it's really terrible, and it impacted me so much because for um for months I think I couldn't do anything 
I just I scroll my news, I scroll my telegrams, I sc- scroll other news, other international or foreign uh, news, and I could not do do not do anything uh, except this. And now I'm I'm getting myself up, and um, I also have my classes right now in the university, and it really distracts me from all this thought, all these events that happen in Ukraine, Ukraine right now. But uh, no single day could possibly be without reading the news, without um, learning how other people from, for example, in Mariupol, in the east of Ukraine, are right now. Um, are they okay or not? Uh, could they escape or not? No or no? I think it's really, really terrible situation, and nobody can feel anything about this uh, beside uh, except Ukrainians. It's really, I don't know, I, I don't really know how to describe it for the people who are not in uh, at war right now, uh, because it's really terrible. And to hear all the sirens the whole day is really terrible. And actually, the, the very sound of the sirens is scary, let alone that it could be uh, provided by uh, explosion, by the rockets, by artillery shells, by, I don't know, aircraft carriers. It's so scary and so terrible. And a few days before, I have um, we had to uh, back to return to our home because we had to help um, a boy, a four-year-old boy who just lost, uh, who just lost his family because uh, they were escaped from Bucha and they were shot, and only this boy uh, just alive, uh, just survived, and we uh, had to help this boy, and so for that reason we returned back. Uh, to home uh, because we were in the west of Ukraine and to know that this boy will be without parents and that to know that there is not the only boy without parents uh, it just the, the lot of orphans now in Ukraine because their parents were shot were killed couldn't ex- escape, escape from the horror that waited for them it's terrible and of course it impacts me and it impacts all the people in ukraine it influences us and uh, um we just wish it all and and in the very 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 near future it's the only wish we could have right now i can feel your emotions and the trauma and the whole situation is heartbreaking. I actually was there and I heard the sirens and I experienced it. And even now when there is an ambulance or a police car, it reminds me of that. But to ask you then, some sociologists and psychiatrists speak about Ukraine and say that this war will traumatize the Ukrainian people for this whole generation for a long, long time. They will be less happy. They will be 
more traumatized and uh, shell-shocked and feeling negative. Do you believe that this is true, that even when the war ends, there will be trauma inside the Ukrainian people, or that the victory and the news of the glory of Ukraine and everything can heal and make Ukrainian people become happier and more positive because they're proud of their achievement? Or is it that, like you said, so many orphans, so much destruction and death that people will remember it and feel it for a long, long, long time? Um, It's also a complicated question because I think that um, all this infrastructure could be restored, could, could be rebuilt. And I know that a lot of Ukrainians want to help the country, want to rebuild all the country uh, on a free base, just because we love our country. But I think it's not something that we could forget. Um not for this generation, but for next generations as well. Because, for example, I had this comparison, but uh, if to compare with uh, World War Two in our country's um, uh, former Soviet Union republics, uh, we called it um, the Great Patriotic War. And um, for... 70 years already we remembered all these atrocities all these um destructions all these terrible things that happened and uh we um we so appreciate that our people um had been able to defend our countries our nations our people and we remember it till this day and will remember it always but i think this war we will never forget for 100 years for 200 years and we never wanted to outgoing war in our country so it was just unjust war we do we, we just defend ourselves. We did nothing to provoke this war. It was unprovoked invasion. And we just the victims of some people's imperialistic ambitions. And it is so unjust. And thousands of people just died because of this war that started for nothing. And millions of people, I guess the statistic now was that 12 millions of people have left their homes in Ukraine. There is a huge number. It's more than population of some countries in Europe. It's really, it's, its number is huge. And I know definitely that we will win. We will win. And when we win, we rebuild our country. We will... Um, restore our infrastructure but but we would never be able to return the lives and i think it's the most important thing for everything because there is no single family in ukraine that couldn't be touched that by this war every person has um a friends or fellow has a 
family member who were just injured or died, who were uh, who left their homes, and um, I think that this is why we could never forget uh, all this destruction, all this horror that happened in Ukraine. I, I don't I don't know for how many generations. I don't think it would be the one generation, two generations, or even three generations. I know that our grandchildren will remember these terrible things. And I know that they will remember the heroes who defend Ukraine, who are who are now uh, just, just I don't know. It's it's so it's so obvious that we would not forget, that we will not forgive the people who started it, and uh, I don't really believe that it would be three generations. Actually, I think it would be much, much, much more because uh, even there is an event for. In Ukrainian history, uh, called Holodomor, uh, when millions of people were died because of famine, um, it was 19 years ago, but we still remember it. It is a genocide. It is, uh, it is in our memory right now, and every single year when it's time to. Um, give the memory for these people who were died just because they don't have food, just because of the policy of government, of the USSR government, uh, all these children, we still remember it. And in schools, in homes, we have this story. We have every single person in Ukraine have has a relative that... Um, that just died because of famine or it just fellow who just died because of famine uh, in the past um it's also the tragedy and we still remember it um in 90 years we still remember it and this war this unprovoked war it is it's the tragedy also it's the great it's not only about the destructions of the country the buildings it's about lives and I think, and I believe, I'm sure that we will remember it in hundreds of years later. And our grandparents, grandchildren, and the grandchildren of our grandchildren will remember it, will, will know it without uh, about all these atrocities that happened in Bucha and so many other Buchas in Ukraine right now are happening. And I think... Uh, it will be in our memory for generations and generations and generations. And we will um, celebrate our victory. Uh, we will celebrate the glory of our heroes. But um, at the same time, we will not forget this, what, what right now is happening. I agree with you. Slava Ukraini. Really, thank you for this. I can feel all the emotions and i it's my privilege, my honor and my devotion to share your voice, your story, your thoughts with everybody. Thank you. I'm Slava and I'm so honored to have participated in your podcast. Uh, I'm so 
grateful for you to invite who to have invited me and i thank you so much uh because it's really an opportunity to speak to the audience and i really i really 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 appreciate this thank you you're welcome <laughs>